I would tell them before they decide on three, know your targeted addressable market, know your ideal client profile and prepare. Don't throw bodies at problems, properly prepare. Set up your sales ops, set up your uh, tech stack and then hire bodies last. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka. Now, if you're hearing this, it means you're not currently on our subscriber feed. To subscribe, go to getlatka.com. When you subscribe, you won't hear ads like this one. You'll get the full interviews. Right now, you're only hearing partial interviews. And you'll get interviews three weeks earlier from founders, thinkers, and people I find interesting. Like Eric Wan, 18 months before he took Zoom public. We got to grow faster, minimum is 100% over the past several years. Or bootstrap founders like Vivek of Question Pro. When I started the company, it was not cool to raise. Or Looker CEO Frank Bean before Google acquired his company for $2.6 billion. We want to see a real pervasive data culture, and then the rest flows behind that. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. There, you'll find a private RSS feed that you can add to your favorite podcast listening tool, along with other subscriber-only content. Now look, I never want money to be the reason you can't listen to episodes. On the checkout page, you'll see an option to request free access. I grant 100% of those requests, no questions asked. Hey folks, my guest today is Gino Donati. He is building a great company called Seed2C.com. It helped, they're helping SaaS teams build their sales development teams. Gino, you ready to take us to the top? I am. All right. Uh, look, let me know got, if you want me to drive or I'll go. You no, know, what got you into this, man? Were you, were you a sales rep on one of these companies and then said, you know, I'm going to do it myself or what? No, it's actually a slightly cooler story than that. I was uh, living in New York and a buddy of mine, CMO, got married to a girl up in Canada and asked me to head a team. So long story short, he's in Canada now. He had me take a startup into the US. And because I brought a Canadian company into the US and we were successfully able to raise like 80 million, a Danish company found me and said, hey- What company was that? Did you remember Touch Bistro. Yeah, no, 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 not at all. It's called Touch Bistro, iPad point of sale. Uh, Because we were able, we had such success there, a Danish company found me and said, hey, can you do the same thing? Uh, They're called Falcon Social. Um, After doing the same thing for Falcon, uh, a private equity firm said, hey, do you want to move down to Argentina and build, I can't say their name for privacy reasons, but can you take on our struggling portfolio companies and build outsourced sales dev teams? So I moved to Argentina, built an outsourced sales dev team of expats. And then I said, why don't I just do this for anyone instead of just this private equity firm? Can you build a successful sales team in Argentina to sell to US clients? Pre-COVID, 100%, but they were expats. So it's uh, uh, they were living in Argentina or I was, I was hitting up a lot of college kids saying, don't go into a cubicle, come live abroad for a year or two. So, so how does this work? There's a SaaS company listening right now trying to hire their first three SDRs. What would you tell them? Oh, I would tell, oh, I'll, I'll try and keep it as tight knit as possible. Uh, I would tell them before they decide on three, know your targeted addressable market, know your ideal client profile and prepare. Don't throw bodies at problems, properly prepare. Set up your sales ops, set up your uh, tech stack and then hire bodies last. I can't tell you how many people hire bodies first and then hire me when they're behind the eight ball. What's the best tech stack MVP? Like, are you talking like HubSpot CRM? Like what's, tell us the cheapest, quickest tech stack for your first three SDR hires. Oh, I'm going to get in trouble because I use so many different ones, but you said best and then you said cheapest. So I'm going to give you two different answers. 
If you're looking for the quickest out of the gate, easiest adoption, SDRs don't have a learning curve and they use it within three days and know what they're doing. I would hands down say Usher Connect for uh, social selling for like automation on LinkedIn. Uh, Apollo is great. It has the data and the enablement packed into one. And then CRM. I like free agent CRM because their price point. There's also, you know, Salesforce, HubSpot, all of the, all the other ones. Uh, that, that would be the cheapest, quickest, easiest learning curve for an SDR. If you had to say best and you are sophisticated, like you physically aren't going to overpay for a Ferrari that you can't take out a second gear, I would boringly say, uh, you know, sales loft, outreach, parlayed in with a couple other, you know, data inputters, give you notifications, Zoom info, et cetera. Not, not, not cheap. Uh, outreach, potentially IPOing soon. Henry obviously had a successful IPO in sales off. Kyle Porter right there with them with an $80 million war chest to go after it as well. So interesting, but that's what, that's the incentive. So then the next thing is the, the incentive structure, right? People, I, I've seen founders just mess this up for years uh, and they come on the show and they get so frustrated. They say, Nathan, I had three A's in 2020. I had to let them all go. The quota missed or we didn't have enough leads for them or whatever. So like, how should you set up the incentive structure for your first SDR hire? Yeah, uh, so I would say, I try and give like rules that you can always stick to so I don't contradict myself because it does matter how much the product costs if it's enterprise versus SMB, et cetera. But Take a real example. Let's say it's a, a $5,000 a year average price point. Some rules of thumb that scale up and down don't have, have at least 50% of base. Like don't go over, I can't tell you how many people are like, oh, we pay our SDR 60K and then 10K in bonuses. We don't know why they're not motivated to make more dials. Well, yeah, if they had 200% of goal, they're up 5K more. But if you're a split with base and OTE, they split and go up. Now they're, you know, up 30K more. So I would always say rule of thumb, SDR split half base, half OT. That's one. Uh, this one might seem super obvious, but really look in the mirror and see what results do you want to drive? I can't tell you how many people are like, oh, I want as many calls with as many of the right title, right company. And then I look at their comp plan and they're paying SDRs of the deal closes. Well, the SDR doesn't control that. So if you want as many calls to the right person, the right company, don't pay for ops, pay for SQLs, right title, right company, get as many people to take as many demos as possible and don't yell at the SDR if they don't close. That's not their job. So, and, and, and then let, let's say that it is incentivized on close, right? So what should the quota target be for year one and year two, et cetera? Yeah, so I've seen people that are like, well, hey, shouldn't I be making half of X? If my ARR targets 300K, shouldn't I be making 150K? It actually has nothing to do with the ARR. It has to do with the profit margins of the company. So um, on the outside looking in, it's hard for me to make a quota. But again, rule of thumb, if you're talking about, you're talking about an inbound SDR or a blend, or you're talking about pure outbound. You pick, give me a real example. Okay. If you're a startup company that has a little bit of money, you want to take your, you know, put your toe in the pond and go to market. And you're like, what can I expect from an SDR? 100% cold. If you gave them targeted lists, I would say you can expect eight to 12 cold SQLs a month. Um, if you gave them nothing, you're probably only going to see six to eight. If you give them like the idea, like, hey, go find founders, go find CTOs, but you're not giving them a list. You're kind of treating them like a half. One pet peeve of mine is people use BD and SD or BDR and SDR interchangeably. They actually should not be. That's gotten lost in time going 100 miles an hour at startups. An SDR gets handed a curated list and told to bang the phones, bang the emails, convert these people, convert. A biz dev gets handed an idea. Hey, we've done really well with fintech companies, but we want to try B2C companies. Which ones would you go find them? 
and they have to build the list, find the title. It's a very, very different role. So um, SDRs can carry a larger quota. If it's a curated list, I, I would stick to my eight to 12, hundred uh, percent cold. If it's a, you know, you go mid-market or down, you can see as high as 15. Um, but that's pretty much all you can expect out of a hundred percent cold SDR. And what are most SDRs, pay- what are most SaaS founders paying their first couple of SDR hires as a base? Yeah, great question. So I'm, I'll, I'll do some plugs here and I'll also tell you that what I think versus what they are. Uh, the most common package right now you'll see is probably a 60K base, 65K base with another 10 to 15 sprinkled on that, depending on how well-funded they are, et cetera. Uh, going back to my original suggestion, I highly advise people to hire the motivated. Hey, I know it looks bad that your base is only 40, but when you're at 150% of goal, every anytime you're at 101% of goal, I would tell to a recruiter or a hiring manager, the lower your base the higher your OT, the better if you're an overperformer. If you're an underperformer, the higher the base, the, the lower the OT. So that will filter out a lot of people that don't want to come in and bang the extra 10 dials a day to get the extra you know, 10%. So it really does filter out the wrong people if they're like, oh, I really want a high base. Do you really want to be an SDR? Do you really want to be an AE? Because like, no offense, to that's more like a CS role. You want stability and guarantee with some little upside that you care about? Jump on the other side of the fence. You're talking SDRs, you know, hey, they're responsible for conversion, right? 50%, 50% in terms of on-target earnings. But what's the AE do? Yeah, good question. So if I had to draw uh, the perfect plan, first and foremost, you hire an SDR before you hire an AE. I said it. Literally, 90% of the people I talk to don't do that. They start with an AE and then they work backward. Hire an SDR. You founded this company. If you can't sell it, I would question it's sellability and the market need and all of that. So first and foremost, get your SDR, let them book you meetings, let them focus on so you can focus on other aspects of the business. The second you have enough meetings that you feel like someone else is justified, then you hire an AE. So that's step one. SDRs, in my humble opinion, book SQLs or meetings with the right person at the right company. But long is to get someone with the right title at the right company to take a call curious about your elevator pitch, the use cases, the value props, the pains you uh, overcome. That is a lead. AE's job is to take all leads, not opportunities. Their job is not to close the door. Their job is to create curiosity, create need, create want, take the right person, the right company. And the AE should actually be measured on how many right title, right companies move to op, how many ops move into pipeline, we can call it, we can call it forecasted. And then last but not least, ARR in the bank. So a bit of a surprise for you today, and many of you know this, but some of you don't. There is a cheat code as a software startup to getting your finances right. And that cheat code is called Pilot. They do bookkeeping, tax, and give you financial expertise perfectly customized for every single founder. And it's not just automated. This is critical with accounting because sometimes we need custom stuff done, whether it's a round or an exit or a sale or just something else. So they put actual experts on your account. And I said, 
and pilot team, please give us a great deal they have. You can check it out at nathanmaka.com forward slash pilot. They've got expertise in startups. You'll get your own personal expert. And specifically, they're giving a great discount to all of you guys that start working with them today. They integrate with the best financial tools in the business like Stripe, Square, Brex, Gusto, Bill.com, Shopify, you name it, they're there. And they give world-class support and advice. This is the kind of stuff that I use to get my monthly P&L balance sheet and cash flow statements done without hiring a full-time CFO on my team. I can get all this done for a fraction of the cost. Do it yourself at nathanlacka.com forward slash pilot. Start today. And then CSMs, right? So should the AE come off the account after the sale? And if they're passing off to a CSM, should the CSM have a quota for net dollar expansion or retention? Yeah, it's actually what I did at Box. A lot of people don't know that I actually came from that side of the fence. I was an SDR struggling to move to AE. No one gave me a chance. Box was hot like eight years ago, I think I went there. And they let me in at Enterprise Renewals. And I was like, I'm going to take an SDR approach to renewals. Let's do this. So my answer might be very different than your traditional VP of CS or you know VP of success, but I'll, I'll tell you my opinion. Um, if I am starting up and you have those flagship accounts, I would say leave all accounts with an AE for the first year. Let them expand those. They you know eat what you kill kind of thing. If you're getting into a more sophisticated setup and you can hand off because the AE has so many discovery calls, you should always have the AEs going after net new if you can. Make them hunters, not farmers. But a lot of startups, I can't tell you how many AEs I know, I'm not calling them out, twiddle their thumbs, say they work a 30-hour, 20-hour work week. Why would you not have them holding their most valued accounts and growing them? They know the person they sold. They know the use case thoroughly. And now they can take it and talk to the other departments about that. On the flip side, if you do have an AE that has too many demos to manage their pipe, 100% have them handing it off to a CS. You can do some sort of rev share in the first quarter or two, whatever you want. Uh, I've I've seen a lot of different things work. What I will say is motivate people to do what you want. If you want the CS to get the dollar amount raised, compensate them on that. Uh, At Box, I believe our, as a renewals rep, we had our denominator and then it moved by 5% every year because they wanted us to slowly start cutting into the discount the AE gave. Be, so they, be specific on that, right? So if you're a CSM yeah. at Bach when you're doing this, or what you're seeing work now, are, are you, is a CSM getting assigned a million dollar book of business and needs to grow it to, you know, a million five, uh, you know, yeah. in 12 months? Yep. And we, we could do that by adding more value, selling more features, selling more or adding more seats. So and then what's the commission sh- and what's the structure there? Is it the same as the AE or the SDR 50-50 OT or what? No, that's... I'm trying to think. It's, it's been a long time. It was definitely not 50-50 because I remember I left 50-50. And at the time, I thought... But talk, yeah, but talk about what you're seeing now because that was eight years ago. I mean, a lot of people will yeah. say if you incentivize CSMs too much on upsells, and they're going to be too transactional and not actually helpful. Yeah, I just don't want to give you the wrong answer. I don't work that close with CS. I build outsource sales dev teams. I work hand-in-hand with SDRs to hand off to AEs. And I also work with AEs that are acting as CS. So I teach them best practices on how to grow the accounts. Um I wouldn't be able to quote you like the industry standard today for like a CS 100% of the time. Yeah. Okay. This is interesting. So, hey, if people want to get going with you to help them do all the stuff you just talked about, what's like the minimum cost per month? Uh, good question. So I, I, I get you an outsource SDR. We kind of build a totally different package, just so you know. So we build fractional sales dev teams. So a lot of SDRs get hired and left in the corner with a founder that doesn't know what they're doing and wondering why they're not succeeding. 
So every one of our, our SDRs started 5K a month. That's full-time or 2,500 a month for part-time, 20 hours a week. Uh, they come with a coach that does two one-on-ones a week. You basically get an SDR plus a manager for out the door for 2,500 or 5K a month. Um, I highly recommend 500 a month more at least in OT, ideally the double. Um, depending Wait, hold on, on, hold on, Gino, you lost me. So it's 5K a month for that, yeah. to that, for that SDR to work 20 hours a week with a coach? No, uh, half that. 2,500, 20 hours, 5Ks full time. Got it. Okay, got it. 25. Okay, perfect. And then, sorry, say that second thing again. Yeah, absolutely. Some people are building from scratch, so they don't know how to make a quota. So what I tell them is, what would you be happy with for the first month results, second month results? And I tell them, make sure an SDR is making at least 500 at part-time and 1,000 at full-time. A lot of new founders don't like the idea of a 50-50 split because they have nothing. They have, it's not Apple. Sorry, Apple. 500 what? Make 500 what? Additional like dollars in commission. So if they want, if they want five meetings for part-time, I tell them pay a hundred bucks an SQL like that. Don't overthink it. Just, and I apologize. Earning an extra 500 a month at part-time or an extra thousand a month. So a lot of times we'll run pilots that contradict what I just said. I'll, I'll say, Hey, we don't know what they're going to be able to book. And you're letting them take some inbounds too. And you have them running their first ever outbound campaign. So let's just work backward from the money. How many meetings do you need a month? to pay for this. And some, I'll give you some napkin math. Some people will say right now, if I got an SQL for $500 and opt for a thousand, we'll be in the green. And you have to bake in obviously the fact they have basis and stuff like that. So they'll say, if I'm paying them 5k a month out the door, that includes their manager. If they're booking 10 for me, I can give an extra hundred. So I'm getting 10 meetings for six grand that I'm severely in the green on our ARR and our closing percentage. And again, it trickles down. Interesting. Okay. Now, when, if someone's listening right now wants to start paying you 2500 bucks a month to do this for them, do they have to have the tech stack already set up or will you get that set up for them included in the 2500 bucks per month? Uh, I'm a yes, man. The answer is yes. Okay. So some people have their tech stack set up. I come in with personnel. Other people have a blank slate. They ask me for tech stacks. Uh, I, yeah, I hate to say, I'm not a VAR, but there are people that I've negotiated. I won't, I won't name them. I've negotiated some really good deals that are severely less than, and I, we also but have- does that, That's our, what I was asking, Gino. Let's say then they, someone listening right now stops paying you in a year and a half. Do you pass the whole system to them or do you hold on yeah, to the system? Yeah, yeah, 100%. I, I, okay. I hold nothing. Uh, Emails, the, passwords, logins, leads, everything in the system. You brought up a great point. We actually never had any of that. We, we work from your environment. My SDRs are in your domain and your CRM. I'm not buying stuff. I'm negotiating agreements for them. So that's why I said I'm not really a bar, but my the people we work with and recommend, they have a set price that's really less than what you see list cost. That's not even most important. I have a lot of people that know what I do, know I build programs, and I've had clients now for continuing for five years. They actually let my clients start off with like month to month or 30, you know, 30 day, 90 day trials of enterprise software where they don't got it. Right. You have those deals. Yeah. So just to be clear, that sales rep then will, would have like, if I was hiring one of these folks for FounderPath, it would be like SDR at founderpath.com in my HubSpot CRM, like in my Zoom info account. And then, so if you and I, if I stop paying you six months from now, we can sort of still have the systems built. Nailed it. And can I yeah. hire that SDR full time or do you hate me if I do that? I don't hate you at all. We, okay. I call it a golden handshake. We, we do 15% of their first annual base, very similar, like a recruiter. Just um, the base or base plus commission? 
Just base. Okay, interesting. So if it's 60K, you're going to take, call it, you know, 7,500, 10,000, something yeah. like that. Yeah, 9,000. How many SDRs have you placed? They, they started with you and then they're full-time at a company now. I currently have just under 70 SDRs month to month within clients. I keep 20 clients uh, at all times. I, I don't really like going over 20. I'm stretched too thin. And wow, we, paced, we placed five last month. I, I would say if I really had to like put us on par, we fall between three and five full placements at our clients. They like converting. It's, it's like they pay to play. They yeah. usually take the best ones. Everyone's like, isn't this like against your own interest? Not really, because I would lose them anyway to a full-time W-2 role. Why, why not lose them to one Make of my money. clients? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Okay. So, Makes um, sense, Gino. Hey, this is really valuable. We're out of time. Um, let's wrap up with the... Where can people go, by the way, if they want to sign up for this and check you out? Yeah, yeah it's www.seed, S-E-E-D, the number two in the letter C, uh, .com. That's my consulting. We have a free Slack community. Um, AK, the head of sales dev at Brex, and I started it. We just passed 2,200 uh, SDRs. That's called SDR Ready. Uh, we do a Wine Wednesday. You can find that. I, every Wednesday, we post a video and put the link under there. It's completely free. Guys, there you have it. Let's wrap up Gina with the famous five. Number one, favorite book? Oh, I'd say The Art of Selling. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Uh, not CEO, but definitely Sam Blonde at Brex. I've watched him since his benefits days. Uh, he teaches me a lot. and I, I get to see him at least once a month in Miami. Number three, what's the, your favorite online tool for building C2C? Favorite online tool for building C2C? Well, GoDaddy was probably the easiest. Uh, I'd say Usher Connect. They are unknown. It's gray hat software. Never, no one's ever heard of them. They're number, powerful. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Eight hours every night, and I work 16 hours a day. And what's your situation? Married, single kiddos? Uh, married and just moved to Palm Beach, Florida. Very exciting. Okay, and how old are you? 37. All right, take us home. Something you wish you knew when you were 20. I wish I knew that you get out what you put in. Honestly, that's it. Guys, Seed to Seed has got 70 SDRs on his team, about 20 customer SaaS founders that are building SDR teams through him. He builds them in your environment. You can hire him at the end if you want and pay him a 10% fee for bringing them on. It's a great way to get started in a low-risk way if you're trying to figure out how to scale your sales operation. Gino, thanks for taking us to the top. Thank you, Nathan.